Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. Came on this morning and Marcus and everybody was talking about um, I think Brianna was actually talking about, you know, suicide prevention, and it got me thinking about my journey and the fact that I haven't really spoken about this type of thing specifically in this room or even on the social media show. When I first got on Clubhouse, I was in the daily uh, influencers on mental health room, and it it was heavy, and I was able to kind of tell this story and. Um, and, and get this information out there because I've been doing that for a long time. So let me just introduce myself. So I'm up here in this green circle. Can't miss me. This picture of me is everywhere um, on my social media, this crazy smiling face. And a lot of you know me from my TikTok uh, account, uh, the videos that I do. Um, at 45 years old, I have 300,000 followers and I don't dance or do trends or anything. And, and when I talk on stages about this, which I have uh, in the past couple of months, uh, the biggest thing for me is that the audience, the audience is so huge. When I looked at the analytics, I don't know, a few months ago, uh, my videos have been viewed 40 million times. It's absolutely blows my mind that a couple of videos of mine talking about mental health hit, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of, of views and you know multiple multiple comments and and things that you know engagement as they say but i kind of look at this as my life has been an open book and this story i'm actually really nervous and i don't know why there's something going on i have to have a very vulnerable conversation and a little bit after it like in person a little bit after this and you know when you talk about vulnerability the, the thing that I always like to go back to is when Brene Brown says vulnerability without boundaries is not vulnerability and you don't measure vulnerability by the amount of disclosure. Because just like fans are like, I'm good with all the disclosure. I literally stand on a stage and talk about all of my mental illness diagnoses and, um, and I'm going to tell you about that in a minute. It's, you measure vulnerability by the amount of courage it takes to show up and be seen when you can't control the outcome. And that's what this is all about. And I think the great thing about Clubhouse is that we can stand in our kitchen, a little nervous, talking with my hands, walking around, and not necessarily worry about all of the other external. And I know that I'm able to help even one or two or however many people. And now with the podcast coming up, I'm going to do my best, uh, you guys, with the resets. I'm never <laughs> great at that because I just am in the flow. But I think that the biggest, and I, I also have like a whole outline, which, you know what, I never follow the outline. So bear with me. I promise to land the plane in all of these different places. But the way that I usually start out is explaining to people that 
I have lived successfully with pretty severe mental illness diagnoses for my entire adult life. I don't think I lived very successfully with it as a child with the severe trauma that went on for about 15 years. And uh, I will tell you that I do have a podcast. I am no longer putting any out, but it's called Disrupting Stigma. And so there's you know a whole bunch of that too. So you can actually find that on um, my website or just look up my name on the podcast uh, platforms. So I'd always thought like, I, I want to tell this story. I think it'll really help people to understand that you can live successfully. You can, you just have to work your ass off. You have to understand that self-awareness, I think Fanzo even brought up uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm a huge follower of Gary Vaynerchuk because all he talks about is self-awareness in, in every part of your life. Self-awareness is like my religion um, and everything just kind of comes together that way. So I'll start out by saying, and, and I'm not used to like not having an active audience in front of me because there is a joke here. So everybody be ready to on mic <laughs> that I have been diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, bipolar type two, I'm sorry, bipolar type one after the wrong diagnosis of bipolar type two disorder, panic disorder and adjustment disorder. So like all the disorders, um, if I get one more, I'll have Yahtzee. Didn't <laughs> and maybe on the podcast. <laughs> I hear somebody. <laughs> funny, not funny. Uh, <laughs> you, I feel like that's a big part of this is is having a, a humor about it because you know there's times where I I came back from from Colorado and I had uh, not taken enough of my medication with me which uh, what. And I came back and right now I'm staying with my friends because I'm kind of a nomad and I was all over the place, you know, and, and I wasn't able to finish sentences and I was just all over the place. And my friend's like, what is happening? And I told them like, well, I, you know, I, I just had to take my medication and, you know, and we joked about it. Like, listen, I take care of my mental health so that, or I deal with my mental health so that you don't have to. And that's what this is really all about is, Speaking your truth in whatever form that is, you know, when they finally, as I've been misdiagnosed, I've been over-medicated, under-medicated, not medicated. You do not want to see that, obviously, like what just happened a week ago. Um, and, you know, the misdiagnoses is the worst part. When they diagnosed me as bipolar 2 and put me on some stuff that made me a zombie, it was, it was unacceptable. I couldn't operate life. And I just had my, my son was 16 years ago. And then, you know, but you have to just keep going. You have to make yourself more important than anything else. Because if you don't take care of yourself, you're not gonna be able to take care of anybody else. And when it's a severity, like post-traumatic stress disorder and bipolar, which bipolar type one is, is manic. And I cannot tell you <laughs> what a jail cell that is. It is it is like you are shackled and that your life is has just been throttled. When you are in a manic episode, uh, again, so much more of this is in that podcast. I'm very open about all of it. And, you know, I, again, I don't necessarily look at it as vulnerability. I look at it as this, this release, this, this cathartic uh, way of helping people then helps me. So I'd always been told, you know, you should write a book or you should, you know, do this or that. And maybe Rachel can mentor me on, on writing a book because um, I actually cannot wait to read your book, by the way. I'm like a quiet fan, uh, but I won't be quiet anymore. I can't wait to read your book. I'm not sure if she's in here anymore. Um, but I just thought, you know, I am not able to sit and write out, you know, like an entire manuscript of all of this. So what is it that I'm good at? I'm good at speaking. And so I started that podcast and that was, I don't know, February of, I think 2018. And I'll tell you this. So I live in Idaho, live in Boise, Idaho, uh, currently actually from Chicago, but uh, live in Idaho, still in culture shock, by the way, but it's beautiful here. I'm looking out at the six acres and the foothills and there's a, some mountains in the distance. It's absolutely the most beautiful place. Um, and Idaho had passed a, a legislation 
that was putting something like $8 million into suicide prevention. And I've always been a huge sort of advocate. I don't talk a lot about it because it's a, it's kind of controversial, but, you know, and I think Brianna was talking about it this morning. I don't believe that's a thing. I don't believe suicide prevention that you can prevent something like that. What we need to be doing is, is putting that money or putting that effort or putting all that energy into mental health awareness and being open about the ADHD and the PTSD and all of these things. Because I personally believe with my whole heart that having these diagnoses is what saved me because I can then, because I'm a computer, Fantham and I are very much alike. I have a computer science degree. I'm a technologist. I worked on the Y2K bug. Like I've been doing this a long time. And I've told this story before, you know, when I was 16 and, and came in contact with my first computer and was just like fell in love with that solitary, uh, you know, the solitude of, of the code. It did what I, what I asked it to do. It didn't hit me. It didn't, you know, it wasn't disappointed in me. It wasn't yelling at me. And, and that's what, that's what I decided was best for me at that young age. I didn't know that was that I was, you know, helping my mental health in that way. Only years later did I go, Oh, that logic of the code is what helped my brain get rid of everything else, all that other noise. And so when, uh, when I was doing the podcast and I was talking about this, uh, you know, this logical way of looking at things and here's all my diagnoses, I could then just go point to it and say, you know, yeah, this is, this is one explanation of it. This is this. And the, the biggest thing for, for getting through these diagnoses is therapy. I will stand up and scream it from the mountaintops every day, all day that therapy, whatever that is. So I did EMDR, I've done transcranial magnetic stimulation. I have done, uh, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, all of the therapies, because I love me and I want to be okay. I love me. And that is going to be what carries me through the rest of my life because of all these people that care about me and my seven, almost 17 year old son, who is literally the most emotionally intelligent teenager I've ever, ever come across. And, and that's because I did that. I broke the cycle of abuse. I'm the mom to him that I, that I needed. And, and I learned that because of therapy. This didn't come naturally. This was hard work. Again, I'm, I'm a little bit all over the place, but I do, <laughs> this does all, these dots do connect because when I was, um, when, when he was growing up and I was so worried, so I wasn't planning on having children. When he was growing up, I was so worried that I was going to end up the abuser like my mom was. And so I was very hypervigilant. And I think that's probably what made me so, um, made me want this so badly and start to love myself because of my connection to him. And so I, I went through that. Uh, it's called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Uh, say that 10 times real fast. But it's EMDR. It saved my life. Um, it's very intense. People think, oh, I just want to go do that and it'll just clear out the trauma. It'll just clear it out. Well, <laughs> yeah, it will. But it's intense. I had to take off time from work. I had to have him say at his dad's. It was a whole, it's, it's a big thing. And what happened was I would go in and nurture my child self. So I would take what I was doing with my son at the time he was, I think five and how connected we were and how we would, you know, it was just very affectionate with him. It was very nurturing because I was so aware of that. And so I went back and it was, it, it's still the most profound thing that that you can do for yourself as a victim of trauma, as a, I'm not even, I don't think I've ever actually used the word victim. As someone who experienced that as a, a child, going back now as an adult and nurturing and parenting and mothering that child self is the most profound uh, process you can go through. I tell the story of um, when when he would come home from school and stuff, we would, we would just lay on the couch and I'd kind of hold him 
uh, like on my shoulder and we just watch TV or something. It was just, it's just, it was just me and him. And so I, when I was in EMDR, she had me go to, in my mind, go to a happy place. And my happy place is under the waterfall in Puerto Rico's rainforest. I don't know if anyone's ever been there, but it's, it's just incredible. And my friend who I was with got this picture of me laying on a rock underneath this waterfall in, in Puerto Rico. I still have it. And, and I remember laying there going, don't forget, you know, remember this. Just remember this because you can go back here in your mind. And that was, I don't, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. And when I went through that EMDR, she had me bring my child self, that young girl that was scared and, and didn't have anybody there for her and didn't know what was going to happen in the next moment and hold her like I held Broden, my son Broden, hold her under that, you know, my happy place. And it, it's honestly, it's the most profound. I cannot stress that enough. If you are struggling and you don't have a therapist and you aren't dealing with that, it will eat you alive because mental health is physical health. Mental illness is physical illness. And it's something that I get up every single day, just like Brian was talking about. I wake up every single day. I have to take a medication for my bipolar every single day. And if I don't... Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. We have a problem. And I don't, I, one of my boundaries, which I have very few um, about talking about mental health, <laughs> Um, is talking about medication. That's something that's just off, um, like specifics and, you know, saying like, oh, this is what I take. You should de definitely check this out. And I really recommend you don't ever talk about medication with other people, but absolutely talk about therapy. And, you know, I will tell you, I'm a brand ambassador for BetterHelp. So that means that I am an influencer that has a brand ambassadorship with them. You can find a link on my website. Just go to brookjlacy.com. Um, it's the top link there. And um, that's been huge because when I went on TikTok, let me back up a second. So the, the podcast had got global attention, global. There was a review, I think obviously it's still there, from somebody in, in Australia saying that there's podcasts where somebody wants to make that and there's podcasts like this one where other people need to hear it. And it was just, it just blew me away because I just wanted to tell my story. You just, the, the act of, of speaking and drawing that breath and then, you know, uttering the words for other people to hear you is transformative for everyone. I think it's even transformative for those people that don't even hear it. I would get emails all the time and, you know, some of it, it was very heavy and I have to be very, very clear that I am not a therapist. I'm not a doctor. You know, I'm somebody who lives with mental illness and lives successfully with it and talks about, uh, you know, what, what this is like for me so that you can go and, and figure it out for yourself. And talking about self-awareness is, is everything for me. So that, so, so the podcast was getting global attention. It was very exhausting. Um, somebody was talking earlier about monetizing their podcast. Yeah, I never did that. And <laughs> I just kind of like wanted to, you know, do all these things. I, I did a little bit. That's where the BetterHelp brand ambassadorship came in. So that was kind of nice. But I love it because it's not, you know, I'm not promoting, you know, some sort of product. I'm promoting health. And so that's pretty cool. Um, and they're awesome. You just sign up and you, you get like matched with a therapist. There's teen BetterHelp. There's divorce better help. There's LGBTQ. Like it's a really, really great program. So if you're struggling with something and you don't have a local therapist, um, or maybe, you know, not having insurance, I cannot stress enough that for the severe mental illness, you have got to be in therapy. There was times where I was in therapy twice a week, sometimes more. There was times where I was on the phone with someone on the weekend. And that's because I love me. 
and I love the people in my life. And I've now come to realize, especially with this app and with the TikTok fame, still makes me laugh, uh, that, it, that it's, it's such an incredible feeling to know that you are helping someone at that scale. And so now it's a responsibility, it's, a, it's an obligation. It is my job to do these things. And if that means going on TikTok and being silly and, you know, a lot of that stuff too is just me being funny, which again, that's part of my mental health regimen. Uh, if you know, you know, I'm constantly laughing. I love making people laugh. Um, I'm going to go to the reset. This is going to be so fun. Let me go to my, um, unless Nate, are you there? I'm going to go read this off. Here, but it's a little loud yeah, it's a little loud. Okay, hold hold on. I got this. Here, I got it. So, you're in the Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. Did you know that we are not just on Clubhouse? We have the Breakfast of Champions podcast. I'm so excited. Yay, podcasts. And Breakfast with Champions pages on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, on LinkedIn, and we want we want you to we want to be there for you wherever you are. So here's what we want you to do. Go to at Breakfast with Champions Club on Instagram. Click the link in our bio. And from there, you can follow us anywhere you want to stay connected. And I'm probably going to talk about it a little bit on my social media platforms as well. So speaking of that, oh, that's a good segue. So exciting. I, I, I discontinued doing the podcast um, because there's only 24 hours in the day. And I actually like to sleep single mom, running two businesses, you know, TikTok famous. No, I actually, I didn't get on TikTok until um, the start of quarantine. So a lot of us Gen Xers were like, oh my God, I'm stuck here in this house. What am I going to do? And I downloaded TikTok and I laughed my face off for like three and a half days, three and a half, not three or four, but three and a half. Okay, Brooke. I laughed so hard. My kid would come out. And by the way, he's not really into social media. He's a gamer. And so they have, they have this thing called Discord. I'm sure you all know about Discord, but that's how he interacts with people. He's not, he's just not really into social media. So when I did a podcast uh, interview, um, which by the way, that link is in there too, is really cool. I was on America Recovers and with Mackenzie Phillips, if anybody is old enough to know who that is, um, it was very, very cool. And I taught, cause they asked me like, what is your son? What did your son think about you going on TikTok? And he's like, I'm like, I, you forget that like he and I are, are cool with each other. Like I'm cool for, to him. And that's amazing to me. <laughs> like, I don't know how that, well, I do know how that happened, but he thought it was awesome. He's even been in a couple videos. Like, you know, I said, Oh my God, all these people follow me. And he's like, that's cause you're funny mom. And I don't know. He said something like, if you got the beans, sell them. And we're, it's just ridiculous. It's hilarious. And people laugh and that's all, that's all there is to it. So I'm sitting there downloading TikTok at the time, 44 years old going, this is the greatest thing ever. And, you know, everyone's over on Facebook yelling at each other and, and dealing with, you know, whatever they're doing. And, you know, Twitter, I'm just over there to get tech information. And, you know, Instagram was just people's, uh, you know, they're not speaker reel. They're um, <laughs> highlight reel. And I, so I would do these funny videos saying, like, I don't know about you Gen Xers, but, like, the transition to TikTok was a no-brainer. And just kind of, like, giving everybody this relatability, right? Like like Rachel says, is that's what keeps us all going is this relatability, especially on here. We can all understand each other. And so I was doing and – then, and then I really started looking at it, like, this is a huge audience. I am getting more views and engagement and interaction with people on TikTok than I ever did with a podcast. And it's this, it's immediate, you know, I, for the podcast, you do it, you put it out there, maybe you get a review. I would get emails like, you know, this is helping. Uh, I had a lot of local, um, you know, easy to be well-known in, in somewhere like Boise, Idaho. Um, but yeah, I had, I had kind of a, a local presence, a public figure presence, if you will, um, just from being a woman in tech and, you know, being on the news and that kind of stuff. So, so that, that was different than going onto this platform, um, called TikTok, which everyone thought this is not for, this isn't for old adults, 
you know, th there's a bunch of dancing kids on there, which is true. And once you get past that, when you first download it and find your, your section, your corner of TikTok that you relate to, it's transformative. And that's this silly sentence that comes out of my mouth sometimes where it's like, TikTok saved my sanity. It was transformative. It gave me opportunities like, like what's happening now with Clubhouse. It gave me opportunities to help a massive amount of people. It gives me chills. I, you know, my eyes are welling up that like I would go on a live stream and there would be five, 600 people coming through there just listening to me. There's times I'd go on a live stream and I would just read um, children's bedtime storybooks to people. Um, there was times I would do a live stream and I'd be on for four and a half hours. Again, with the half hour, I'm not sure, four, five, whatever. Um, and people would just, I, 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 don't, I can't describe it. It's it's the idea of seeing my face, uh, you know, hearing me, seeing my facial expressions, and that person on the other side watching, understanding that they're not alone. And that's what that's what the biggest thing for me is. There's a lot of the biggest things, right? But the one of the biggest things is is that idea that all of these people know that they're not alone, because loneliness is a, is a killer. And that's what happened during quarantine. I was sitting in my house, this massive house that, you know, my son would go to his dad's every other week. And I mean, the walls were closing in. I couldn't leave. Uh, you know, Boise wasn't as restrictive as, as other places, but, uh, you know, we were all in our houses and I know it was stressful for literally everyone. I just know my experience was sitting on my couch watching literally every Netflix show. I, I couldn't even find any more that I, that I could watch thinking to myself, the walls are closing in on me. This is, I, I can't handle this. And I get on TikTok and I laugh and I make people happy and it saved my sanity 100%. There wasn't enough medication in the world that could have kept me from those, you know, those lonely feelings, those, those sick in your stomach feelings. Um, and that is, that is one of the big things that, that uh, when I talk about mental health, mental illness is physical illness. You know, as a child, I didn't know what was going on. The the anxiety that would come up, it literally, you can feel the adrenaline coming up through your gut because it all is in your gut. Don't let anybody else tell you that it's all in your head. It is all in your gut. And the, the uh, cortisol, I have extraordinarily high cortisol levels. They thought I had a pituitary tumor. That's how high my cortisol levels were. Because when you are a child and you are in fight or flight, at all times for a period of 10, 11 years, that's what your body now does. That is it. So I, you know, my triggers, whew, we could, you know, go on, but again, there's like 15 podcast episodes um, of what that does to your body and what kinds of things happen, even as an adult, even somebody like me that's gone through literally every therapy that there is. Okay, maybe not every, but I didn't do electroshock therapy, but. By the way, that's very effective. Uh, if that's you know, if you have medication-resistant depression, man, there's some stuff out there that will fix you right up. <laughs> so, when we talk about it being physical, I cannot stress this enough that it's it's not just in your head. You are not just crazy. I love using that word because you know, 99% of us are. <laughs> I think the other 1% is just in complete denial. So, so really just, I, I just really implore you to love, fall in love with yourself because all those other people, uh, you know, that are in your life. I was telling somebody the other day, when somebody gives you a compliment and you're like, no, 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 that's not, no, no, that's actually taking their joy from, you're taking their joy from them. Because you, all of you know what it means to give someone a compliment or love on someone and then they're not taking it from you. It's, it's this like slap in the face. So remember that when you are being praised and getting those compliments. Um, and just always be aware too when, when that 
I'll, I'll tell you when I was getting all that feedback and this, Brooke, you're so amazing. And I know Fanzo can definitely um, relate to this. I know Marcus, my very close friend, Marcus Black can relate to this. We've had a lot of conversations like this that, you know, we do get this a lot. You're so amazing. You're so amazing. And I have to remind people that it's not me. This is coming through me. This is, this is God. This is the universe. It's, it's the, the words just coming through me because that's what has to happen. It doesn't mean that, that I'm physically, you know, doing something amazing. It's yes, it's courageous. It, that's not lost on me. It's not lost on any of my friends that I just mentioned. So, so I am, I'm willing to open this up for questions. I have lots of other stories that I can get into. I have zero boundaries. You can ask me anything other than medication. Um, again, my perspective on suicide prevention is, is I don't ever want, I don't ever want to talk about suicide prevention. I want to talk about mental health awareness. I will say these words until my last breath. Um, and before we do that, I do want to tell this, this story about breathing. Um, I came home from my trip to my business trip to California on July 6th, found out that I had COVID and uh, what ensued after that was a nightmare. I developed a lung infection and then respiratory distress. And for two and a half weeks was, I mean, bedridden. There was times where my son was, and, and yes, this is not about whether or not I was, I wanted to go to the hospital or not. Um, that's neither here nor there. I was unable to, to really get up and go all the way to the other side of the house to uh, get in the shower. I was just bedridden. Um, I was getting better. There was a point that I stepped out of the shower and collapsed, couldn't pull my breath in. And I just laid there saying, I choose breath. I choose life. Please let me breathe. It was a prayer. It was heard. And all of a sudden I could take the deepest breath. And I stood up and at that moment realized the only thing that is that matters in this world is the ability to draw oxygen into our lungs because nothing else can be experienced. Nothing else can be experienced without breath. And I mean, nothing, your religion, your spirituality, your mindset, your ability to speak in clubhouse. I came on a couple times when during all that was happening and I wanted so badly to speak. It's my thing, right? It, it is cathartic and I could hardly get words out. And I know people heard me um, it, and, and that's where the prayer came from. But I, I just want everyone to remember that when you are feeling anxious or, um, you know, any of these depressed or anything, focus on your breath. That's it. Focus on your breath. Everything else is just noise. Um, and just be nice because everything else is just noise. So I don't know if, if anybody has a comment or, um, oh, I see my friend, Sarah, there's some, there's some in real life. I'm going to invite you as a speaker, my love, Megan, I saw you flashing your mic. Did you want to say something or I would Brooke, I very much would. Wow. What a share, my friend, you know, I have a very close, um, person in my uh, life, a family member that has mental illness and it's a struggle and it's it's hellacious. I understand that. But what truly comes forth, it came forth that day in Denver. Remember, I came up to you. Um, you did not share this, but I felt your spirit. And um, I don't necessarily wouldn't say I felt a struggle, but I felt the sincerity and love. But what really uh, shines through to me to want to share this with you, Brooke, is that this party is always and I understand the struggle, but it is the party is always sharing uh, the victim. And I not once heard the victim from you. You are an amazing woman. And, you know, yes, 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 <laughs> you know, she said, but you're a treasure. And you are and will continue to help millions, Brooke. Thank you for that share. Really beautiful. Love you. <sighs> Love you, Megan. Um, I have to tell you, 
I mean, I, I was one of the speakers at the Embrace Your uh, Ambition in Denver with all of these amazing people that I got to be with. And Marcus was there and he was speaking. And so we were a little bit out uh, outshined, you know, and <laughs> nobody was mad at that, right? Marcus just, I mean, we were, it was on fire. And so when I did mine, it, it was great. I loved it. Everybody was very, you know, it, it was very exciting. There's a picture of Kelsey, you know, with this adoring look on her face. So don't get me wrong. Like people, it was great. But Megan came up and she was like, look, I took notes and I got a picture of her taking notes and I appreciate your words so much, Megan. And you know what? I was not always this self-aware. I was not always this relatable. I was a mean, mean girl. I cannot stress that enough. Uh, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to overcome bipolar. It takes a lot of work. And I will never say that I was a victim. It was a, it, it was life. These are the things that happen when we come into this world. And the majority of people deal with it uh, than, than not. <laughs> so I wanted to see if Sarah wanted to say anything. I miss you, sis. Hey, girl. Hi. Thanks so much for pulling me up. I've never seen the mean side of Brooke, so um, I'll just take your <laughs> word for that. <laughs> um, I, it was in my twenties, um, so yeah, I should say like it was in my twenties. <laughs> there was a lot of drugs. There was a lot of you know. There was a lot of different things. So I, I've only been in Idaho for seventeen years, so that's why. <laughs> well, and I've known you for a few years. You're a friend. Um, I'm a follower and a fan, but um, you know, also I love that you're real and you open doors for people to talk about and deal with mental health, but not just mental health. Um, I love watching you laugh. It makes me laugh. It's, it's, you're right on about, you know, being able to um, use social media as a form of, um, you know, escape from the heavy stuff we have to deal with. So um, I just, I love everything that you do on your social media platforms um, because it, it helps people be themselves and um, and realize that if things are not okay, it's okay to talk about it. And you can also be joyful, fun, funny, all in the same time. So I appreciate everything that you do. Keep doing you because um, you're inspiring so many here at home and across the entire world. Oh, Sarah, isn't that weird? Like global? <laughs> Like what? <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> like who would have thought? I mean, we all did, right? Like it, there was no doubt. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Definitely See, again, no doubt. <laughs> there was no doubt. <laughs> yeah, I, I've always kind of known that. Like there's something ungoverned by me is going to happen uh, that that's going to take this this story and this um, this relatability global and. Here we are. I, I have so many opportunities, you guys. It's it's incredible. Um, I was scheduled to speak in Miami. I'm super, or I'm super uh, bummed about it because they canceled. It. It's now all virtual, but uh, at, the, at the end of the month because of the hurricanes. But um, and then we're speaking. We're all speaking at the Embrace Your Ambition conference in Dallas. I'm so excited to be on the same bill as Trent Shelton and the Marcus Black. And I think Nate will be there, but whatevs. <laughs> My friend Nate. I love this guy. Was there anybody else that had any questions? Or definitely go to brookjlacy.com. I see you, Solana. Um, and like I said, if you're struggling with anything, BetterHelp is an amazing um, option. And that link is in there. My podcast links are in there. I just did an interview with Mackenzie Phillips and um, Brad Lamb on America Recovers which is really cool. It was really, really cool. And we talk about how TikTok um, has helped so many people. So Solana, is it Solana or Solana? Yes, Solana. Solana. How are you, my yes. darling? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm sitting here listening to you like, oh my goodness. My dad um, yesterday would have been his 70th birthday and he passed away when he was 57 years old and he suffered from a lot of different diagnosis with mental illness. And in a sense, he really was a genius 
but he medicated himself a lot with alcohol. He was an alcoholic and um, his dad was an alcoholic and his dad was an alcoholic. And um, like the brighter parts of my dad, the things that he was great at, like he was really, really great, you know, but he had so many things so many things to overcome and he passed that was early in his life I believe 57 you know and 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 the way that he died you know with the alcohol and drugs and I mean medicated prescription you know all of the things that all of the things that you're talking about is so um the day after his birthday that you're talking about right now it just it hits home with me and when I was um when I was young I have one sister but my dad would always tell me that I was too nice, that people are going to take advantage of you. You know, you got to, you know, just so many things he would say. And I would just be like, like, it doesn't make me feel good, even as a little, little girl. Like, I don't like being mean to people. I'm not going to be mean, Dad. And he like, you know, this saying all of these things about me and my life, you know, how how people are going to be like, they're going to take your your kindness for a weakness, you know, but and he was so mean-spirited like he would be so mean and what you're saying you know now I'm a water drinker like I love water like I want to be around water I want to be around peace peace that surpasses all understanding like leaning on joy leaning on love and wisdom and helping people and you know unity like the things that um that he never really he never really tapped into because he was so angry all the time. He would get so mad. And what you're talking about, the exercise and physical, like you got to take the time to take care of yourself, to know oneself, to know, you know, what you're called to and what gives you purpose and what gives you passion and what's, what's fulfilling in your life, you know? And I would be like that, you know, I, I, I don't have the words, but I won't be mean. And then the studying in the Bible, the things what the Lord said about me and how I am, I'm like, I'm more like what, what I'm supposed to be like, because that's, you, you, you shouldn't be so angry all the time, you know, but um, it's really self-love, it's self, you know, going within and inter, you know, intersizing with yourself and loving yourself enough to know that you can overcome anything. So I thank God for this app for the mental awareness. You know, it really, it really is helping me through a lot of days. And the fact that yesterday was his birthday, my phone and Google pulled up all the pictures that I have of me and my dad in, you know, Google photos. And I just had kind of emotional day and even just now talking about him because he's still my dad. And no matter whatever people said about him or what things he did or said, like he's still my dad. I wouldn't have passed through here without him. And I just thank God. I thank God for the light, the love and the wisdom. So many blessings. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Solana, I, oh, sister, I, uh, ooh. <laughs> I see you and I hear you and I love you and it, it is truly, I, I'm so grateful that you shared because there's somebody here in this audience, there's somebody listening to this podcast that needed to hear that because they went through the same thing. And when I tell you that people with severe mental illness are mean, it is no joke and it, is, it, is, it is no joke and it's scary. Um, I will tell you this, my, we finally realized that what happened was my mom had undiagnosed borderline personality disorder. And that is one of the scariest, most, it, it's hard to even explain. And that is a child having no idea, especially in the, I was born in 76. I mean, this was all through the eighties. You know, we didn't know any of that stuff. I had nobody there. My dad was a wet blanket to it all. And finally at 16, you know, was able to get um, you know, through that, the, again, it's, it's in the podcast. I'm always, always willing to have conversations about stuff, but I think that's why I did the podcast. Cause there were so many stories, so many questions and I'm like, Hey, only so many hours in the day. So let me just tell you all the stories over here. Um, I do have to, uh, I think I'm handing it to Dora Maria, but I do have about five more minutes. Um, because I think this is really, really important. And, um, I do want to ask for some, some prayers, like I said at the very beginning of the hour, I have a very vulnerable conversation that I need to have. 
uh, in about 30 minutes. And um, I wish that I could just ignore it. I, I wish that I could just walk away and ghost this person, but it, it isn't fair to either of us. But man, it like I can feel the pit of my stomach and it it doesn't feel very good. And I'm actually really glad that I was able to do this right before um, that situation because I can feel everyone's energy. I know I'm not alone in this um, feeling. And something about the diagnosing, diagnosis of adjustment disorder, a lot of people ask me about that. I'll give you a quick rundown of it. Uh, again, not a therapist, just somebody who actually has it. Uh, it's it's kind of situational. So at the end of my divorce in 2016, um, and then a contract, uh, I've been self-employed for 12 years, but I did have a government contract for about a year and it abruptly ended uh, because of a mistake I made. And uh, I mean, it was kind of mutual, but uh, it was a pretty big mistake. And the guilt and uh, you know the the shame was attached to this adjustment disorder and it literally just stops you in your tracks it is it just throttles your life couldn't get off the couch it was not depression i was still in my head as a you know having manic episodes so i was still doing things and my mind was racing um but it's it's one of those things situational and every once in a while those things come up and you just get stuck i mean physically stuck it's it's a physical illness so uh, so I just, I'm grateful for everyone and your good thoughts, uh, coming up here in, in about an hour, just send all the good thoughts that, <laughs> that I don't have a, you know, complete breakdown. No, that's, I'm joking. I won't. Was there anybody else that wanted to share or ask me a question? Hey, Hi, Shirley Ann. Hello, Hi. darling. Um, Solana, my heart goes out for you as well. And I guess today is just one of them days. I don't know. It's a good day to have to be touched. And when you said you were mean, Brooke, I'm like, yes, you were. Because let me tell you, and I mean it in love because my spouse suffers with bipolar, my current spouse. A few few weeks or so ago on Clubhouse, I was listening to someone saying, you know, how they ended their marriage. I need to make some decisions and blah, 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 blah. Well, prayer does change things. And believe it or not, I've got a degree in professional counseling. It's like, how did you not see this before you married Shirley Ann? But when you're in the picture, sometimes, you know, you don't get the chance to see what's going on because you're looking inside out. But, um, oh my gosh, you talk about mean and saying things to individuals. And what helped me with helping my husband is prayer. And I mean, like, seriously had to get out of me. And I would say, Shirley Ann, that's not him. That's just spirits attacking him and mindset and just, like, really wearing down all the way to the point of where now, believe it or not, he's like, you know what? We need to vacation together. And I love you and da-da-da-da. And I'm like, okay, God, I know I prayed and asked you to turn the king's heart towards you. But maybe I need to ask you to turn my heart because it was kind of hard to maybe forget get some of the mean that transpired that I didn't ask for. Uh, and I share this openly, not ashamed or embarrassed, but to say, yeah, God can move and can do things. And I salute you, Brooke, you know, for dealing with it and being open. And my spouse, he was open, but I guess I was just blind and just really didn't understand the process. And so what I've learned and I share to help others who may be experiencing it with others, um, just I'm, I've learned to be patient. I've learned to be still. I've also learned that I don't have to show up to every fight that, that presents itself. Um, I don't take when, well, which of course lately that has not been the case, but I don't necessarily take the abuse. I know, like I said, I married for the covenant, for the commitment and what have you. And I tell you, I am watching God change things, even to the point where my husband says, well, if I didn't take my medicine, you know, this is why, blah, blah, blah. And just watching the, the difference in his life. And what I understand is I am also very critical and not showing up with, with anger if something doesn't go the right way, but really helping him balance and bring things back into a peaceful state of mind. And then the truth be told, every last one of us can be found in that new DSM, you know, that, uh, that mental health um, manual. But it, it's real. Mental illness is real. Stress and all that stuff is real. We just have to learn how to uh, deal with each other. And Brooke, I celebrate you for your podcast and sharing tips and helping individuals not only overcome, but helping 
family members, loved ones know how to deal with that process. And if I can, Brooke, I'll pray for you if it's okay. Of course, of course. Okay. Um, I, well, Shirley-Ann, I, I have got to go, but if you would, you know, maybe DM me on Instagram and we could have another conversation. I would love that. I, I, I hate to cut you got it. like that. Yeah. No, 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 one you're more fine. minute. Mm -mm. Actually, I can do two more minutes. And so I know there's lots of questions. I see you, Mary Lynn, but just give me, give me a second here. Cause I, I really just want everyone to understand that, um, you have to give yourself grace. I have to do that every single day because, you know, like my friend, Dr. Sean is just up above me and, and he knows that I do a lot of the natural stuff and I try so hard. Um, but please give yourself grace. If you have to do it the medication way, or if you have to do it, however you need to do it, because it is very difficult to all of a sudden just decide one day, uh, I'm going to do everything natural and, uh, you know, not any, eat any fast food because those are, those are things that, that, uh, just like alcohol and drugs and, and all of those things are an escape for someone who is trying to calm their brain. And of course it's a vicious cycle, right? I, I mean, I just, I'm telling you that I understand and it's, you know, it's a gradual process to, to do the natural route and to really become self-aware enough that your body, uh, allows for you to do it that way. I, I don't know if that's making sense, but I just, I just implore you to give yourself grace. Um, Mary, Mary Lynn, one, one minute, my love. And, and what is going on? Okay. Super quick. First is I'll keep you in my thoughts. You know, I adore you. So lots of energy. I hope you hear your conversation went amazing. Second, I'll, I'll just shorten everything I was going to say to, I love people and I was mean too. I think that just reminds us that when people are act out towards you, don't take it personal. Sometimes they have bigger things going on. In my 20s, I was the mean girl, but I loved people. It was anxiety. So just making it real brief, but let's just give everyone grace because we never know what people have going on. Love you, sister. I appreciate you. Um, Dora Maria, are you there, my a love? thousand percent, my friend. thousand percent. Thank you. I'm so grateful for everybody. And Miss um, Dora Maria is going to, I think, do a reset that I forgot to do. <laughs> Not a problem. I got you. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody. Um, I'll be back next Thursday in the social media room every Thursday uh, from, I don't know, I'm on Mountain Time, so it's it's uh, 10 o'clock Mountain Time and talking about something in technology. So I appreciate all of you. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.